When the guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. and gentlemen you know what that sound means it means it's episode 149 of the personal arrogance podcast brought to you by the bald move network i am one of your hosts i am on my way to getting drunk and i hope you come with me my name is eric the i'm not as fat as you think i am walquist (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh joining me this week as he does each and every week is the other host of the show his name is uh, I'm Jesse, sick with possibly a broken finger, Wilson. Good. <laughs> T minus three weeks to the wedding. I know. I'm beat up. Yeah. Well, it's the it's the storm before the calm. That's the way Hopefully. it works, right? Uh, <laughs> Jesse, how was your week? Uh, it was good. As the li- as listeners know, it was my bachelor party. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of fun. Uh, got got a little sick on Monday good and uh yeah still i got this head cold thing there's something going around there's a bug going around yeah it wasn't like the craziest bachelor party but basically if you listen to jesse's description of what he hoped it would be in last week's show it was exactly that yeah so a couple of brewery tours a lot of fun yeah brewery tours board games magic Uh, the magic tournament was awesome yeah jack and jill the worst movie ever made yeah, that's right. We watched Jack and Jill because it was there. It, obscenely horrible. Uh, confusingly bad. Confusingly terrible. I, I honestly, well, I might talk about this later because I, I feel like Jack and Jill is like a, a psychological breakdown of like uh, media and culture in, in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I had like this weird eyeball thing going on the entire bachelor party. Right, that sucked. I had like a sinus infection that was affecting my tear duct, so I was basically weeping during the entire yeah. uh, bachelor party, which was a great opportunity for everybody to make fun of me uh, <laughs> at, at all costs, which I would expect nothing less. Yeah. Uh, but uh, wake up Monday morning miraculously cured. Oh, really? Yeah, miraculously gone. My tear duct, like it hurt all weekend. Now it's completely fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and so uh, and also Sunday. Uh, this was the Monday mornings when it cleared up, but on Sunday I played in a soft, my first softball game of the season with the Reddit uh, Seattle softball team. Mm-hmm. Great name. Yeah, R slash Seattle is the name of the team. I thought we should have been the upvotes, but uh, you know the thing is about the team is that uh, well, I'll get to it. But we we ended up winning our first game, uh, which is great. We won an extra innings in the bottom of the eighth because you only played a seven innings. Um, and I had the game-winning RBI. Nice. So, Congratulations. I've literally, I, like, I didn't play a lot of sports as a kid. I played basketball, and I, and I warmed the bench, and I did track and field. So I've never had the opportunity to get, be the guy who comes in, and everything's on you. Mm-hmm. And now at 27 years old, I finally get that opportunity. I came through. I felt like I felt like the king of the world. You felt like Sky Hunter, or whatever that guy's name was on that Remember, we were watching like South Carolina, North Carolina. Oh game? yeah, total. Yeah, it was. What was that guy's name? It was like it Sky was, Sky Colt or something crazy. Sky 
Sky Bolt. Sky Bolt. Yeah. Yeah, I was Sky Bolt. And we were wearing <laughs> but this is the thing about the Reddit softball team is you wear we wear these like periwinkle t shirts. Mm-hmm. Which is like and they didn't win any games last season, so we won our first game of this season, but uh but you're wearing periwinkle shirts. It's it's your Reddit team. That's the that's the downvote color. That is the downvote. You should wear orange shirts and be the upvotes. Anyway, so that happened. It was all great. And then I driving home from the softball game and my eye goes crazy and just like <laughs> tears and like I can't see. I'm trying to pick up Lydia from the ferry. I can barely drive. I'm exhausted. But that was like the last gasp of this weird infection because weird. I wake up Monday morning. It's completely gone. I'm happy. I get on the bus. This is my week. I get on the bus and uh, I'm 10 minutes into my bus ride to work Monday morning. My nose starts to bleed. No way. Yeah. What's going on? Other nostril too. Not the infected nostril. The other nostril. So <laughs> pretty gross right now. I'm not, I'm not bringing tissues with me on the bus every day. So I'm just sitting on this crowded bus. Blood starts streaming out of my nose. It gets all over my shirt. I'm just like holding my finger on the bottom of my nose, damming up this (laughs) rush of blood coming out. There's blood running down my hand. And I have to ride the bus for like a good 30 minutes with just blood gushing out of my nose. No, everybody was in Uh, bus mode. And not just bus mode, Seattle bus mode. No so, one responded? Zero people responded. The girl who was did, sitting next to me... Did you say anything? No. The girl... <laughs> I was in Seattle bus mode, too. The girl who was sitting next to me, like, kind of made, got a little bit more distance between us. She didn't even move? No. What? <laughs> no. Everybody just, like, eyes forward, dudes that bleeding is, out. That is a biohazard. <laughs> it seriously is. <laughs> you, you did say something to the bus driver? No, I just sat there with my finger on my nose. Wow, you boosted it. I did, and then I, and then I, about uh, ten minutes to my destination, I, I, uh, I crumpled up a piece of paper and put it on my nose. God, that's horrible. So I get to work. I get blood all over my shirt, and luckily, and there's you're a, like Fight Club. Yeah, there's like a exactly. You're making copies, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, luckily there's a Sears underneath my uh, my office, so. I had to wait till 10.30 for Sears to open with blood all over my shirts. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have any meetings. And then I go down and I buy like a, a really, really crappy polyester shirt for like 15 bucks and wore that for the rest of the day. Uh, so man. so it, just, it just drained out and then you're okay? Yeah. Well, I, when I put the paper on it, I, I put some pressure on it. And the, <laughs> it, was, it was done by the time I got to work, but I was covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. You so, didn't ask for a tissue. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to make a scene. <laughs> you did. You make more of a scene by <laughs> saying they're bleeding on yourself like some sort of psychopath. <laughs> I'm wearing nice clothes, people. I'm a commuter. <laughs> That's true. I probably uh, could have gotten away with it because I'm just like a schlub. <laughs> yeah, so so that was my week. Uh, but we need to get into the show here. Anyway, that was just my week. But But Jesse, what are you drinking on this week's show? I'm just drinking a little bit of uh, free beer from work. I this is actually probably the most sober I've done a podcast in a long time. Because you're sick. Because I'm sick. You're sober, sick, like, buddy. I did drink one session while I was playing Agricola. <laughs> oh, there you go. Because I am an alcoholic, after all. Damn it, we have our standards. <laughs> uh, and I'm drinking the uh, the Jolly Roger Christmas Ale. Actually, they had this at my local market that I can now walk to from my. Yeah. 
from my apartment, and they have a nice little beer locker back there. They do. So it's a little expensive, impressed. but at the same time, they got a nice selection. What I like about the beer locker, you're talking about like the market. Yeah. Is that what's called? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like tucked away from mm-hmm. the side of the employees. And if you look at the six packs, there's a lot of like build your own six pack action going on with just scattered bottles <laughs> here and there. I didn't notice that. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Why is there a tall boy in your six pack? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I didn't notice. Oh, <laughs> should I go back? <laughs> Yeah, but I'm drinking Jolly Roger, so this is uh, from Maritime Brewing Company. It tastes pretty alcoholic. I wanted to ask uh, you this, like, you know, this is obviously bottled quite a while ago at this point. Can mm-hmm. beers gain alcohol content over time? No, um, I mean technically yes, but it would if it's like a gusher when mm-hmm. you open it up. There's been some sort of fermentation, but it probably not. I mean, they're probably filtered pasteurized so it's not going to re-ferment in the bottle okay they it's probably just, just made a really boozy beer and we're helping it with settle out <laughs> by the next six months yeah it's pretty boozy dude i've had like one of them and i'm and i'm cooking so wow. um so jesse who's this episode dedicated to so this uh uh episode has to be dedicated to my lovely fiance mm-hmm. who won championship round of our elimination agricola bracket wow tournament wow today not only did she win eric but she beat the previous high score which she set by five points with a whopping 59 points Woo! yeah she she crushed it like a pro so she's officially (laughs) the the reigning champion of the Agricola League. This is insane to me. So, so your fiance Tasha, she didn't, uh, she didn't play games before you no. guys met, right? Because, no, but she is smart. So, well, you are. I mean, you are one of the best gamers that I know in Thank terms you. of tabletop gaming, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, in in like Halo and stuff. I mean, but you're you're a very good gamer. In fact, you're you're the gamer that I try to beat in every game that I play with you. <laughs> awesome. Um, so it's very impressive to me that the learning curve that Tasha has gone through to beat you, she she might be a genius. Yeah, I am certain that she has a higher IQ than I do. Has she taken the Mensa test? <laughs> no. Uh, she she shuns that kind of thing. Like, she never, she didn't mm-hmm. go to a four-year university. Yep. She's, I don't know, like. That's what a, that's what a genius would do. Exactly. Like she doesn't care for the standard metric of academia. She's just smart and knows it and is comfortable with that. That's crazy. I, I it it blows my mind that she has mastered. I think at this point she's probably mastered Agricola. Maybe we should just bring her. Say, we should just bring her along the pack so that she could play in a tournament. <laughs> Maybe if there's an Agricola tournament for sure. Yeah. That's the thing though. It's like she and I are masters of the two-player edition. We have very oh. little experience when it comes to to uh, the five, four, or three-player games. Well, I'll give her a couple days. She'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll play and learn. All right. Well, we need to get to some uh, listener feedback this week. We got a bunch of voicemails, but I actually want to start it off with a very touching, uh, very touching email from our very own Connected Dotsies, Roger Dotsie. This is the type. These are the type of emails that we get, and it kind of puts everything in perspective. It makes me happy uh, that uh, that you and I have been doing this podcast for uh, for three years now. Yeah, nigh on three years. For nigh on three years. All right, here here it is from Roger. Go ahead and cue the cue the um, the 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 lesson of the week mu- m- music. I can't even say it. Whatever. Here we go. Eric, 
My movie-loving kindred spirit. Jesse, my beer-teaching, laugh-inducing sage. (laughs) Wow. That's going on my business card. Along with spermologist. It's spermologist, by the way, guys. I can't read. It's not spermologist. It's spermologist. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, How do I write a note to thank you to? How do I capture the feelings of thanks that I have in one small email? The answer is I can't. But I'm going to try. Let me start off by saying this. You two have changed my life. Don't get me wrong. I've been given an excellent life. I have a beautiful wife. We're seven months pregnant, which I'm super excited about, even with your birth control reco, Jesse. <laughs> and I just became a dentist, which is a career that will provide for my family, so long as I'm not a terrible dentist. <laughs> True. True that. Well, even if you're a terrible dentist, you'll probably be fine. Uh, I, I discovered your podcast last September, right at the start of the most stressful year of dental school, and it was glorious. I not only had over 100 back episodes, uh, which despite your best efforts to dissuade us from listening to, they're all really fun, uh, but I also had a new cast to listen to every week. You have no idea how much joy and laughter you guys would bring to me on Thursday, sometimes Friday, after a crappy week slash hard day, and then letting me be a part of the podcast with Connectedotsy. It means a lot. My wife always gets excited when I show her a new Connectedotsy, so thanks a lot for that. But not only do I love listening to the podcast, I love interacting with you guys. It's cool to have two good friends in Seattle. I followed you guys through Eric's wedding and Jesse's baby and now his wedding. And it makes it more personal, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Um, Roger, we love you so much. He says, uh, thanks, guys, and it was fun discussing Iron Man 3 on last week's show. Uh, Next week, I'll try to get in touch with some actual content, but this week, I just wanted to let you guys know that in all truthfulness, you helped me through dental school. Be proud of yourselves. Sorry for the long email, but what do you expect from me? Get off my back, Roger Dotsy. Roger, you are awesome, and we're happy to have a friend. Not he's not even in, he's not even a, a Kentucky Colonel anymore. He's he's gone to Indianapolis. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, a, a cult driver. I don't I, know. I have no idea what I don't. I was trying to think what the nickname for uh, Indiana is. Is it the, the Hoosier State or is that a different one? Oh, I think it is the Hoosier State. I thought it was. <laughs> I was. I thought it was like the Cyclone State, <laughs> but that's the other college team. Uh, I guess that's Iowa State, isn't? It? I don't even know Indiana. So Roger, please go to Gen Con and let us know how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Roger, we love you so much, and thank you so much for being a part of the show. It's really cool that we made these connections. And Roger, if you're ever in Seattle, please call us. Yeah. Also, um, I might fly into Indianapolis and have you perform some free dental work on me. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> Can't get off scot-free for listening to us. <laughs> right. I do accept payment in the form of uh, checkups. <laughs> well, actually, Jesse, we don't know what kind of dentist Roger is yet. So. That's true. A little bit of a crap. I want to be patient one. <laughs> Roger, we love you, buddy. Uh, and we can't wait for the next Connect the Dotsy. Speaking of phone calls, here's the next one. Uh, and here it is from Texas. Hey, it's Sean from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I was just calling to ask you what the worst way to die at, uh, at a visit to the lake would be. Um, would it be from a, an amoeba or a boating accident or Jason Voorhees? I don't know. What do you think? Also, uh, 
permalogger sounds like a uh, really uh, suspicious type of beer. Um, all right. I, thanks, guys. Uh, get off my Scott Bakula. Get off my Scott Bakula, Sean. Oh, wow. That was a good one. Get off my back. Um, interesting yeah, question. Yeah, would definitely be cloudy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> watch out for those yeast strains. Yeah, a um, uh, So this is an interesting question. It's probably one of the weirdest questions we've ever gotten. <laughs> what would be the worst way to die at a lake? I know the well, best way to die. I actually almost died at a lake. Oh, how'd you die? Well, I didn't. Okay. But I, I came pretty close once when I was mm-hmm. 18 at Island Lake. How did you just drown? Yeah, I was drowning. I uh, I had been working all day, morning shift, and hadn't really been eating right. And mm-hmm. My cousins were like, "Let's go to the Island Lake." I was like, "Sure," and uh, they're like, "Let's swim out to the island." I'm like, "All right." And then uh, as I'm swimming out to the island, I don't know how far away it is. Maybe. 200 yards it's not that far it's one of those things where like you're like oh i can swim there and then like halfway there like oh god yeah well the thing was like i couldn't swim in a straight line i kept just like swimming like off to the left and like not getting closer getting further away from the dock but not getting closer to the island Uh uh-huh and i i started to like fade out like my vision started fading and i remember a few times like paddling a few strokes and then just like sinking down and being like okay this feels good and oh, then no. like the, the fight or flight reflex like kicking in and like swimming like my way back up to the surface and getting a breath and going a little bit further and then like fading out again god so and you're basically like falling asleep in the water yeah it was i was just kind of like fading out oh, and then i would sink and i felt okay with it but then like instinct kicked in and yeah eventually i, I just like surfaced and treaded water and tried to float on my back for as long as possible to like get my strength back up and then swim on my back instead of doing a you know a front stroke and uh, i made it to the island and i had to swim back <laughs> took a nap yeah basically spent a long time on that island yeah geez so we i think we know the worst way that uh, actually wasn't so bad I'd rather die <laughs> that way than like a flesh-eating virus yeah flesh-eating virus is pretty terrible i mean the best way to die at a lake is lake monster attack that's true. Death by Giardia is bad. Yeah, death by Giardia is all horrible. Or, uh, duck, duck mite. Oh, duck mites. I don't know how common duck mites are. I don't know if people know about duck mites, but like I every feel like that's probably a nationwide thing. Okay, because like every lake, it, people are always like you got to take a shower. You're gonna get <laughs> duck mites. Um, it's because you're swimming in duck poop. Yep. Well, so. yeah, you know you're breathing human farts right now. So I think death by. Well, actually, I'm not, but. Death, death by duck might might be the worst uh, way to die in a lake. Yeah. All right. Here's our next. Uh, here's our next phone call. So hey guys, it's uh, John from Boston, Massachusetts. I successfully added you guys to my phone as drunk dial. Right so it's my birthday, and it is three forty-eight a.m. So I decided to give you guys a call, and I want to know what happened to the soundboard. I'm listening to your episodes in the fifties and sixties. If you guys have a soundboard. And it seems disappears if these guys come out of it. So I think you should bring it back. And hopefully you take my advice and stay off my back. Stay off my back, John. Stay off my bike. 
I'm guessing. I, I'm hoping this I, is John O'Brien who who gave us our Pax East update and is our is our New England correspondent. Uh, you go, girl. You go, girl. But if it's not, if there's another John from Massachusetts, that that's cool too. But but regardless, John has done the right thing here. John has put us in his phone as drunk dial. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we get this going, guys. I can't promise we're going to put all the drunk dials on the podcast because, like, 20 minutes of drunk dials may not be the most fun thing to listen to. Maybe. Maybe bonus content. But we will have the drunk dial of the week that we'll put at the end of the show. Yes, certainly. And also the soundboard. We, you know, logistically, it's just tough. You kind of need a producer to do a soundboard. Um, It was hard enough when it was just me running the soundboard off my computer and Eric and I were in the same room. But doing it through Skype also... (laughs) It's just not – that's not going to – It's rough. If we have a third guy. Yeah, if we had a third guy or if, if somebody out there has some kind of web app or something or app for a phone that would suffice, that, that it's really easy to use, that they can recommend to us, maybe we'll give it a shot. But it's just, it, logistically, it's kind of a nightmare right now. Yeah, and the main reason was because uh, at the time I wanted to extract a bunch of uh, – content from the blue yonder podcast mm-hmm. to play that made them look like fools but we've already won that war so right we won slash lost it I, th- I think we won it i don't know who won we won but we joined their empire we they were a state of the empire and we conquered that state and it's like we conquered the state but we uh, got uh got assimilated into the country yeah exactly which is fine all right it's like the it's like how the Magyars came into Europe and then became part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, but then later, you know, my thoughts exactly their beliefs and mm-hmm. way, you know, we call them the Austro-Hungarian Empire. We don't just call it the Austrian Empire. Well, there you go. We're exactly like the Magyars. Well, that's what I was thinking. Oh. Uh here we go. Here's our last phone call. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Josh Remain calling in. Uh, I haven't called in for a while, but I have been listening. Um, so guess what? I want to talk a little bit about summer ales. Um, I find that summer ales are tough uh, just because a lot of brewers fall, fall into the trap of um, putting a little too much lemon in them. Um, I know that with my experience, I find that most summer ales uh, use too much of it. Um, really, I feel like a summer ale, a good summer ale, is, is crisp and clean. Um, it's not too dark, it's not too light, uh, it's refreshing. It doesn't actually need the hint of lemon in it that a lot of brewers put uh, put in it. So um, I try them out. Uh, I actually, a large national brand, which I won't name, but uh, is trying to stay a microbrewery, but they're really not. Their summer ale was so disgusting that I actually had to dump the rest of it out. I couldn't drink it. When I poured it into a glass, it looked like it was a blue moon. It was so foggy and hazy. So anyway, I try a bunch of them, and uh, I really settled on one this year. It's Geary's Summer Ale, uh, Geary's Brewing Company out of Portland, Maine. Um, and it's great. I don't, it's just crisp, and it's clean, and I love it. And when I was at the grocery store last week, I saw it in cans. So I was thinking to myself, why would they put that in cans? They've never done that before. Um, and then it hit me. It's a summer Thank ale. You. People are going to the beach, going mm-hmm. to the lake. Boating. They want something that's easy to transport, coolers, whatever. And I was thinking to myself, it's not a bad idea. So tried it out. I didn't do a side-by-side taste test with a bottle, but it tasted pretty much like the, you know, what comes in the bottle. And I was, I was pleased. I'm not going to buy it again, but I definitely liked it. So I guess my question for you guys is, number one, summer ales. 
is, is too much a lemon a problem in those? Uh, how do you feel? What should a summer rail be? Uh, and number two is, is putting a summer rail in a can, um, just for the simple fact that people are out doing things in the summer, makes it easier to transport. So I'd like to hear what you guys have to say anyway. Um, how about you get arrogant and stay off my back? Why don't you get off, stay off my back? Y'all me. Screwed me up. Stay off my back. Get uh, off my back. I Yeah, I forgot that Josh from Maine is also uh, our, our New England correspondent. I think we got two New England correspondents and they're holding hands. That's good. One for Maine and one for Mass. Um, So interesting. I I don't think of summer ales as having a lot of lemon in them, but maybe that's more of an East Coast thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But Um, one thing that's been really big lately, it's been blowing up, especially this summer, is the Shandy, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically like a lager mixed with like lemonade. Right. Um, a lot of people are doing this now. The first time I had it was at Epic Ales. Uh, the the head brewer there, Cody, made it for me, which was it was, and it's very good. It's refreshing. Um, in fact, Sam Gulahamadi from London um, sent us a link to Foster's is doing this. Basically, it's like a lemonade uh, lager. Yeah, I liked his uh, his rundown. Yeah, of of it. And uh, what's interesting is it's a two percent beer, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean it's it's like a super session. I love low alcohol uh beers. So. Yeah. I mean I'll, I'll take a I'll take all you can throw at me. So a shandy I mean a shandy is a great refreshing drink. I love that. I and um and for summer, why not? Uh, beer cocktails are fun and that's basically a beer cocktail. Yeah. But if you're talking about summer ales, I mean one summer ale in my opinion trumps them all and that's a twilight summer ale twilight. from Deschutes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. When it when it comes to a great summer ale, twilight comes to mind mm-hmm. and that's still they're not throwing excess ingredients in there. They're just changing their malt bill, they're changing their hopping, right. they're making it floral and uh and they're not wimping it out either. I yeah, mean, no, it's a real. It's still a beer drinker's beer, right? Yeah. Um, so that's a great beer. And and as for those uh, giant breweries that are trying to be uh, not my, what is it's not my, craft breweries, right? Um, like ones named after uh, Revolutionary War figures, uh, founding fathers, Benedict if you will. Arnold. Yeah, Benedict Arnold Brewery, um, George Washington Brewery, mm-hmm. out of uh, <laughs> anyway Potomac. Um, good stuff. Anyway, the, it's really tough. I mean, these are breweries, and I don't know why Sam Adams does this, but they always do some weird fruit flavor beer. Yeah, they go a little bit crazy, and they put out like cranberry yeah. ones. There's I, always one beer in their sampler pack that you ne- that gross. there's like five left of. Yeah, the, last year it was like a black cherry beer, and it straight up just tasted like it tasted like diet black cherry coke. That's disgusting. It was gross. So if you're going to do summer beers, do a Twilight if you can get it. Look for beers that are actual beers and not like just a super light or like and, – and I also love the idea of putting in cans. I think that that's a great way to do it because you want to take it to the beach, especially hiking. If you're going to go hiking, you need a canned beer. Um, but also get it in a growler, baby. That's an easy mm-hmm. way to transport it for summer. Yeah. All right. We got to get to the show. We do have one more uh, report, but we're going to save that for a break, JR. Don't don't worry about it. Don't freak out. We love you. Um uh, but, Jesse, let's get to a little tiny Matt roll-off here. We're each going to roll a 20-sided dice, see who gets to speak first on the podcast this week. <coughs> and... Eric, you'll be happy to know I'm uh, I'm going back to analog dice. All right. I've been doing the D&D dice roller for so long. I know. Well, that's exciting. Um, here we go. I rolled an 11. I rolled a 6. 
So, Jesse, what are we talking about this week? Well, uh, I think we need to just jump in both feet first mm-hmm. into a mega topic. Mega topic. Which is the raging war mm-hmm. of the consoles. Raging war of the consoles. So, uh, why don't you uh, let the listeners know? It, perhaps you're not someone who follows console news, right. uh, video game news right. so closely. What's going on right now, Eric? Uh, so what's going on right now is uh, so the Xbox uh, One. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They had a they had an event up here in Redmond, Washington, um, at their at their headquarters where they they revealed the Xbox One, this great new console, uh, the the predecessor, not the predecessor, the the sequel to the uh, to the Xbox 360, um, and it, it kind of fell with a dud, right? Yeah, or a thud, one of the two. At least in the hardcore gamer community, so just the gamer community in general, right? And so, I mean, they had this launch. They had this launch event. They lead the whole thing off with live television, which mm-hmm. is like Xbox owners don't watch live TV. Like X, I I own a, an Xbox for for the longest time. I I used it primarily to watch television through. Right. So it's weird that live TV was like their main thing. And they talked about games a little bit, but they said we're going to talk about games at E3. And they talked about television. It fell with a thud. Uh, nobody was really excited about it. Plus, it has the the dumbest name of any console. Yeah. It's weird. I cannot think of someone who's more squarely in the demographic of Xbox than you. Yeah. You're totally. a Seattleite. Yeah. You have a good job. You're, uh, you know, upwardly mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 to 28 year old male. Right. I, I like sports and TV. I grew up. Uh, my dad, uh, you know, is, is a systems analyst. He was a big Microsoft guy growing up. I grew up having Microsoft to be like the brand for me. Right. If they, if they can't get you excited about right. this, they're in trouble. Not to mention Xbox was, uh, basically the first console I bought for myself was an Xbox and I got and I have the 360 as well. I'm a loyal Xboxer. Um I have been for quite some time now. Uh, uh going on a decade uh, Xbox guy. Um so so this is my this is my console. This is the next console that I'm going to buy. You just got to bring it out Microsoft. You say this is what it is. I say all right, take give it to me. It's great. <coughs> give it to me. Take um my money. After the first thing, sure, it fell with a thud, but I understand they're waiting until E3 to, to really reveal every st- all this stuff. Then all of this bullshit comes out. And I'm not saying bullshit because it's not true. I'm saying bullshit because it's bullshit. Comes it's literally out. a bull came on stage. Yeah, and pooped everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can't really buy used games on the 360. Right. Uh, it's got to have a perpetual internet connection. Um, every 24 hours. The... Connect is going to do really weird, shady shit, like know when you change the channel and like know when you're sitting in your living room, uh, which after this week in the NSA does not make me very excited. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm, uh, well, you also want to fast forward through that commercial, Eric. <laughs> also, I'd like to just say hi to all the NSA agents who are listening right now. Oh, I hope they listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, uh, so... A bunch of creepy, creepy stuff comes out. Plus, uh, then, then, but, but at the same time, I'm just waiting. I'm like, okay, E3 will come around. They'll, they'll talk about all the game stuff. It'll be great. Uh, E3 doesn't really do anything for me. They come out with a price tag, 
it's uh, it's four ninety nine, five hundred bucks, which is you know it's an entry level console. They all start out expensive and then drop half a thousand dollars. Half a thou. Half of one thousand dollars. Right. Half a thou. For nothing. For a nothing. Anyway. Yeah, and uh, it's. It's just not sitting with me right. And then they come out with the games. And, I mean, yeah, we're big Halo guys. But Halo 5, I, it's hard to get super... I'm not going to buy a new console for Halo 5. No way. Um, uh, so, basically falls flat again. And, and they don't really uh, respond to any of the flack that they've gotten online. This shelling that they've gotten online from gamers of... Uh, you guys have completely abandoned yeah. this... Your whole gaming de- demographic. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think people are feeling abandoned. Absolutely. They feel like that not only did the, this company not give them the things they want, but actively gave them things that they didn't want. Yeah, DRM, that doesn't hurt pirates, dude. DRM only hurts your gamers. Right. And, and that's... <laughs> so why don't you... I actually had to do a little bit of research on what DRM is. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't completely understand it when people were talking about it. From my understanding, it's a kind of an umbrella term to describe anything that supposedly prevents piracy. Right. It stands for, what, digital rights management? Yep, that's exactly right. So, uh, I don't know. It's confusing to me, but it's basically like ways that they make sure that the person who's playing the game is the person who paid for the game. Exactly. And... It's it's a weird thing. It's not only applied to games. It's applied to music. Uh, it's applied to certain kind of movies. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 applied to a lot of different things. And it's also not just one practice. It's a, it's a series of digital technologies. But it basically makes, like you said, it, it traces who, uh, whether or not a game or a, a form of entertainment is being viewed by basically for the first time. That's kind of what DRM is. It's it's seeing it's 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 designating that that form of entertainment as a single source item. So basically, Microsoft is abandoning uh, this their whole demographic. Which I'm sorry, you're not going to lose all the gamers and then gain all of the families who want to buy a $500 DVR. That's not yeah, going to happen. That's the weird thing about it is, I I'm not convinced that they don't know what they're doing. Maybe there's some sort yeah. of breakdown though where they're like we make we sold 10% of Xbox 360s to people who describe themselves as gamers and we sold 90% of them to just people who bought it because it was the cool thing for Christmas. Well I don't think that's I mean we was basically that. I mean yeah. but we was a whole different thing. I mean we was it was a novelty item. Yeah. Um, but so God. connect. Yeah, Connect was also a novelty item. It, it it bothers me a lot the way that Microsoft has handled this, and they also didn't do anything in the last two weeks to address this stuff. They came back to E three with all of the same shit that they've been spewing. They didn't like. Why don't you just show some humility and say, you know what, we listen to our audience, and so we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Yeah, that would have been an amazing like graceful yeah. thing it would have been super graceful instead they got to be the arrogant assholes mm-hmm. and uh great podcast totally <laughs> um, uh like the, the you know one of the presidents of of microsoft came out in an interview and this is blew up all over reddit when he said this he's like you know if you don't have a perpetual internet connection luckily we have a product for you it's called an xbox 360 
Thank you for shopping an item to me that's been around for seven years. And I won't be able to get new titles for. Yeah, thank you for that. That's awesome. Great, great, great marketing there. Awful, awful. <laughs> On the other side of the coin, you got the PS4. Right, and that's the thing. is Not only is Microsoft digging itself a grave. Right. But there's a company out there that seems to be responding to the criticisms of the gaming community. Yeah. So they come out right after the Xbox press conference. And the first thing that they say is the PS4 is, above all else, a gaming console. The place explodes. Explodes. It explodes. Uh, But the PS4, okay. Um, Not only is it $100 less than the Xbox One. Right. Excellent, especially when you looked at the last release. The PS3 was extremely expensive when it first came out, much much more pricey than the, than the Xbox 360. They decide they're going to drop it by 100 bucks. Yeah. Um, that comes with a 500 gigabyte hard drive. Yes, you have to pay for uh, multiplayer play on PlayStation, which you didn't have to do in the past, but who cares? We've been doing it on Xbox forever. Yeah, Xbox converts will be fine, fine with that. With that. Um, also, no DRM. Um, and PlayStation announced that they will not allow any game company to put a season pass on PS4 games. Right. Which could have been because everybody was assuming that that was that was why EA dropped it was uh, EA dropped the season pass was because there was going to be some kind of charge to use uh, resold games on consoles. But PS4 was like, you're never going to pay uh, for a season pass ever, and you're not going to pay. You're also not going to pay for for resold games. If you want to resell your game, you can give it to anybody you want and they can play it. Right. Um, Meanwhile, Nintendo's in the corner going like, us too. Well, we'll get to Nintendo, actually. <laughs> I, I, Nintendo, I don't think, laid an egg here. Um, but PS4, I want to congratulate you. Jesse started this off by saying, Eric, you are the target dem- demographic for an Xbox. And I have been for the last decade, and I feel like I've been betrayed by the company that I've showed so much loyalty to. Mm-hmm. And PS4's or PlayStation's always had better graphics. It's got an integrate. It had an integrated Blu-ray player on the PS3, and I still stuck with my Xbox. It had free to play on a PS3, and I still got my Xbox with my with my Xbox Gold account. Um, right. But guess what? My next console is going to be a PS4. Nice. The end. <laughs> I'm not going to buy a launch PS4 because you don't buy first-gen uh, right. consoles. But my next console will be a PS4. So, oh, you heard it here first. Yeah, that's it. In the heart of Seattle. In the heart of Seattle, not not uh, 30 miles away from, from the bird's eye to, to Redmond, Washington and the Microsoft campus, I am going to get a PS4 next. Cool. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty much sold. Like I'm, I'm not sold on a PlayStation, but I'm sold on not buying an Xbox One. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's it, they, they screwed this up. Not they to mention it, it, it doesn't help that my Xbox just red ringed a couple days ago. <laughs> Dude, it red ringed didn't did it not red ring the same day that they had the PS4 press conference? It, yeah, it was the, it was the first day <laughs> of E3. That's awesome. So that's a nice little advertisement for PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, also a more reliable console. Yeah. Um, so yeah, congratulations, PS4. I'm excited to, to get my, to get my PS4. Probably won't happen for probably, I, I would anticipate probably till next summer or, or so, but, um, but yeah, you're my next console. So congrats. Yeah. There's some, there's some cool games on PlayStation too. Like that mod yeah. race, 
mod nation racers was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I always love a good kart racer. Uh-huh. And to be able to have like Little Big Planet meets kart racers, that's Yeah, cool. Little Big Planet's a lot of fun. Uncharted. Uncharted, which I haven't played, but yeah. I've heard a lot of good stuff about. <sighs> it See, is, I'm going, it's, I'm going it's the time. other way with on this, though. I think I'm taking a step back from uh, consoles in general. Mm-hmm. I feel like this last generation may have been a golden generation. Okay. Because it lasted for so long. Yeah. There's so much content. The price of uh, consoles got so cheap. I think I'm just going to go PC. Because I buy all my games through Steam anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea. You know, you do you do run the risk of having to upgrade your PC on a more regular basis than you upgrade your console. Right. Which um, I'm okay with. Okay. Well, that and that's fine. I've just never... I've never been that guy. Plus, I, I don't know what it is about a console. It's just so easy. Yeah. It's the yeah, ease but, of use. And see, I, I, I have been that guy. When I first mm-hmm. started gaming, when I was a wee lad, it was... It was uh, Doom 2 and Warcraft original. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I I actually grew up more as a... Uh, and Baldur's Gate and stuff. Played I played the PC more. I'm super jealous of all the sweet Skyrim mods yeah. out there that I can't access on a console. Yeah. I like the open-endedness and the way that the community can uh, right. contribute more to the games that they're playing. Yep. And, uh... I also like my favorite game. I think video game is Civilization, which shouldn't come as too big of a shock after my little Magyar <laughs> rant. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want to be able to play that with like beautiful graphics and everything. Because right now I play it on the uh, on what they call strategic or tactical view. I forget mm-hmm. what it is, but basically it's all just hexes and like it's all cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, my laptop can't run anything, so... Well, you know. Yeah, I, that and that's another way to go as well. The, there's some other options out there. Um, right, um, there's that... Uh, what was the one you were talking so about? So there's the Ouya the box, box. The Ouya Box? Right. So the Ouya Box is, was a Kickstarter project that's out there. Um, now it runs... And there's a lot of... We're in, we're in a little bit of a revolution right now, and and right. this E3 was definitely uh, one of the most important E3s ever, in my opinion. Definitely the most important and relevant E3 in at least uh, in at least seven years. Right. Um. So you're not only coming out with these giant consoles, the new Xbox One and the PS4, but you're also announcing there's a lot of smaller consoles that are coming out. Nvidia is coming out with a with an Android based. Um, handheld device, which is basically it looks like an Xbox controller with like a, uh, a uh, four four and a half inch screen on top of it that flips up. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, uh, Mag Cats, who makes all those stupid controllers, is coming out <laughs> with uh, their own Android uh, console, and of course you got the Ouya boxes coming out with their own. That that's an Android based console. So uh, I think Android-based gaming, we'll see where this goes, but there's a little bit of a console war going on in that Android space, which is really interesting because that's also a space that's going to have a lot more independent development right. um, than, than these large AAA spaces. So there's a lot to come. And then, of course, we have the Oculus Rift coming out as well and seeing um, what uh, consoles and devices support the Oculus Rift will also be a very interesting thing. So. It's there's a lot of exciting things happening from a hardware sp- perspective, and there's also a lot of exciting things happening from a gaming perspective. But I think we'll get to that a little later in the show. Um, right. But E3, man, 
It, this is a big E3. It was a uh, it was a coup de gras. It was a killing blow. I mm-hmm. I just I feel like and uh, just I haven't actually been able to find like anyone really defending Xbox. It, it's like all over my Facebook feed and on Reddit and stuff. It's hard I mean, to even I'm find. Sure they're out there, but well, it's hard to even find Xbox people being able to defend Xbox. Yeah, it was just such a weird move. It's and like it, it's like if somebody works at a store and they like just don't accept returns, <laughs> and somebody comes back and they're like, "You sold me this thing, and it just flat out does not work." I, I plugged it in, it doesn't even turn on, and you're like, eh, "I'm sorry, man. It's just uh, I can't I can't do anything. That's our policy." And they start screaming at you. You're like, "I just can't do anything. I don't know." It, that's exactly what what Microsoft is doing right now. They just dug themselves a grave and then uh, place, uh, Sony just came in and like <laughs> filled it in. Danced for on it, yeah. Um, but the interesting, I mean, they, Sony couldn't have, I, I, this whole marketing thing really fascinates me. First of all, that Microsoft did nothing in the last two weeks to remedy this bad press. They thought <laughs> just pouring more bullshit on top of it would, would do something about it. Um, but at the same time, Sony couldn't have uh, done all this in the last two weeks. Right. Like, they've been building this gamer's console for quite some time. So, it's really interesting to me. Um, it's it's interesting to me. And so and Sony did it. They won. They won the, the decade-long fervent Xbox um, player. Uh, they they won me over. I'm, I'm done with Xbox. After, after my 360 red rings, uh, that's it. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll destroy it in some really cool way, and then I'll ritualistic fashion. Yeah, and then I'll uh, put it on YouTube and get some karma for it. <laughs> uh, all right, Jesse, let's let's move on before we talk more. I, we got some more E three stuff coming up, guys. But um, before we do that, uh, we're gonna do a little beer break, and this is from uh, none other than our Philly correspondent Jr. Uh, and he's got some updates for us. So here we go. What's up, guys? It's your friendly neighborhood East Coast craft beer correspondent, JR from Philly. I'm 100% less stumbly now, so I thought that I'd give you a proper recap of Philly Beer Week. Uh, I thought I'd hit the events and then give you some beer recos. Uh, first, the events. I did the Meet uh, Jim Cook event from the guy from Sam Adams, and that was so cool. Jim actually hung out with my fiance and I in our booth for about 15 minutes chatting. Uh, I was asking him about Mosaic hops, and he said they're actually one of the hops they use in their Latitude 48 IPA now. Uh, And he talked about how they're trying to breed the cattiness out of American hops, and Mosaic does a good job of that. And so 65% of Sam's production comes out of the Lehigh Valley, which is just about an hour north of Philly, uh, which is pretty cool. And then uh, he also helped himself to finishing my French fries, which I thought was pretty awesome. (laughs) He was just a super nice, down-to-earth guy. And the other thing I went to was Dunkle Dare, and that was a great nostalgia fest. So Dunkle Dare, they had breweries (laughs) competing against each other for a year-long tap placement at Frankfurt Hall, which is worth about 1,500 kegs. Or several hundred thousand dollars worth of beer. Jesus. So they had Great Lakes wow. Brewing Company from Ohio and Stouts from Lancaster, PA. And the format of the show was spot on to the original. Mark Summers still has got it. He even brought along his old sidekick, Harvey. Uh, <laughs> the music, of course, makes you feel like a kid again. 
The final obstacle course had all the flags covered in GAC, the Swiss cheese and the giant pancakes and the giant nose. Uh, it was a really good show. And after the competition was over, Great Lakes won. Uh, they gave uh, the crowd a chance to participate in some of the physical challenges. And they had all the old prizes, like the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> of course, they only had uh, the books a with A through C, the first book, and I think it was from like 1984. Uh, well, beer's in there. They also had uh, VCR. <laughs> And the big prize, which was actually super cool, a trip to Space Camp. <laughs> and they actually arranged a trip to Space Camp through the Franklin Institute, which was really sweet. I want Space and Camp. what a well-put-on event. So, uh, beer recos, right? I had mentioned Allagash and Amagang last week. And Allagash is known for their white, but I had a flight of the, all their flagships, and I was really impressed with how subtle their triple, triple which is Kiro, and their quad, which is four. Uh, they were nice, smooth, not the overwhelming alcohol pop, but at the same time, bursting with flavor, really excellent brews. Also impressed with their Belgian strong black, dark ale, which they call black. Definitely check them out. Jesse, you're right. They are doing amazing things there. Uh, and Amagang, they're from Cooperstown. They're uh, actually owned by uh, Duval, and I've always enjoyed their ales. Their Abbey Ale and Rare Voss are great. Their wit is on par with like a Hoe Garden. And one of their new offerings, the Fleur de Roblin, which was a great, crisp, nicely hopped pale ale. And some of the highlights from the Sam's tasting was the Honey Queen, which is a braggot style. And it's like chock full of honey, but somehow it's like not too sweet, not too meaty. And Jesse, last week you mentioned ciders. So Boston Beer Company does the Angry Orchard line, and I really loved their crisp apple cider too. Uh, Sam's uh, Double Agent IPL, the India Pale Lager, just straight up has to be tasted to be believed. What a great celebration of hops that beer is. That is the style that I really love brewing with my uncle. And uh, what stole the show for me, from Sam's was the Imperial White, which was a 10.3 whip beer that, again, just deceptive in masking the alcohol and so enjoyable <laughs> in its flavor. So in addition to that, I had a ton of great beers at my bachelor party, but that's a story for a whole other cast. I uh, hope you guys had fun at Jesse's uh, bachelor party this weekend. That's the report from Philly Beer Week. So get off my back. You get off my back, Jr. Get off my back. Get off my back. Thank you for that report. Uh, any any thoughts on the beer there, Jesse? Uh, no, it all sounds great. Yeah, that ten point three wheat beer. The only thing that that reminded me of when he said it masked the alcohol really well was just like those like marshmallow Smirnoff vodkas and stuff. Oh, which sounds disgusting. But I'm not a big <laughs> wheat beer guy. I'm not a big wheat beer guy. So. Yeah. I think uh, you might change your opinion in the future. I know you you like the wheats. I love wheat beer. I love mm. yeasty beers. Yeah, the uh, yeastier the better. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was thinking. I was like, th that double dare thing sounds awesome. Like that's so cool. That was always my dream to like you know do that gack run where you're grabbing the flags out of the nose and shit. Uh -huh. Oh man! Uh, do you think Mark Summers just like has those props in his garage or something? It's kind of weird that he had them all on hand for Philly Beer Week. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I would be surprised if it turned out he was actually like executive producer or something. Yeah, probably. He. Uh, the, I. I really hope that they had knee pads, though. <laughs> I forgot about that. The knee pads, dude. Yeah, that was clutch. Uh, <laughs> Did they wear helmets? Yeah, totally. See, I was more of a Legend of the Hidden Temple kid. Yeah, I liked Double Dare. That and Guts. I mean, Legend of the Hidden Te- Temple is awesome. It is awesome. But that was for, by far my favorite of the kids. Uh, do they still do this? Do they still have like these kids no. uh, ga- uh, kind of game showy things? No, that now they just talk about sex and drugs. Oh, great. They're basically the MTV of children's TV shows as far as Thanks, I'm concerned. Thanks, One Tree Hill. Yeah, geez, man. Thanks, SpongeBob. Uh, thank you, JR, by the way. Uh, that's awesome, dude. I, I uh, This whole Allagash thing, I need, to, I need to try some of this stuff. It's just blowing up. Yeah, they're uh, like I said, it's hard to find out here, but mm-hmm. it's definitely worth it if you get the uh, opportunity. Yeah, that's why at my bachelor party, I was so excited to have that white rabbit because I thought it was Allagash, but it was Avery. Uh, still quite good. Still quite good. Boulder, Colorado, right? Or is yep. it Denver? We went there. We went to Avery, didn't we? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that was our bald move meetup. So I don't remember it very well. <laughs> uh, thank you to Jill for driving us home from that. <laughs> Uh, and by Jill, I mean Liz. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Jesse, what's your Seco topic this week? Well, uh, I want to take a quick break from all the beer and gaming mm-hmm. to uh, take a peek in the WTF file. Thanks. So I think Amy of Amy's Baking Company may mm-hmm. have been replaced mm-hmm. as the most hated woman on the internet. Mm-hmm. So uh, a... Woman out of Florida um, went on a semi-racist tirade at a Dunkin' Donuts. Right. And uh, she recorded it all herself. Okay. And uh, posted it online hoping, I don't know, to embarrass the employees. And Mm. uh, it all turned around on her and it hit the front page of Reddit. Yeah. Uh, It's been reported on on uh, today.com, which is where I get all my news. Yeah, totally. Under money for some reason. Uh-huh. And uh, basically it just hit the internet with a big splash. And uh, the splash didn't go the direction she wanted it to. In fact, <laughs> she is being uh, demonized. Right. For, uh, for, her, for her racist tirade, which I think is fair. Did yeah, you watch totally. the video at all? I didn't even see it, dude. Oh, okay. So she, she filmed like this eight-minute uh, video and it's it's worth checking out because she goes into the Dunkin' Donuts and she's upset that uh, she didn't get a free meal when they forgot to give her her receipt mm. and this was like the day before. Well, I mean, granted, uh, whenever I don't get a free receipt, I usually expect free stuff the next day. Well, apparently, this is something they offer. Like Taco Bell does the same thing. Yeah, like, like your 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 bill is on us if you don't get a receipt or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess she, like, called the manager, and the manager said she would get a free meal today. Okay. And so she goes in, and she has a bunch of attitude. Right. And uh, basically, the, the the cashier guy, he's, like, totally nice. He's like, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. No charge. Uh-huh. Totally accommodating. And uh, so he, he, like, leaves the counter to go make the food. And then you have about four, five minutes of her kind of venting to herself. Okay. And not just venting to herself, but um, also (laughs) 
explaining the situation to the comfortable, uncomfortable old white guy next to her. Oh, man. And filming him, and he just mm-hmm. looks so, like, I don't want to be here right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to get my uh, my double uh, gross uh, sloshy breakfast sandwich. Yeah. In the defense of this Dunkin' Donuts, it looked nicer than any Dunkin' Donuts I've ever seen. I don't before. know about Dunkin' Donuts, dude. That's totally an East Coast thing. Yeah, I know. But I, I've been there a couple times when I was in Boston. Uh huh. Well, you and- got to. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only Dunkin' Donuts I've actually been in was in the train station uh, in Boston. Oh, there's that one by the convention center. Yeah. You never made it there? No, I just went to the one down in the down in the down in the subway. So uh, <laughs> while while she's getting this, uh, she's trying to kind of explain her situation to this uncomfortable old white guy. Mm-hmm. And she's saying like, I used to give, I gave them so many good reviews. I gave them ten out of ten, like over a hundred times. And then they crossed the line last night by not giving a receipt. Yeah, and then uh, uh. she wanted the free food. And then she goes on to say like, uh, I'm not even going to eat the food. They pissed in my fries, and I can smell. What? Returns. First of all, fries at Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, actually, I I didn't think about that. They do fries there? I guess they do fries at Dunkin' Donuts. Wow. And uh, and she says, like, she can't even trust the food. She's like, I don't care if they they spit and shit in it. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to eat it anyway. I'm giving it to my boyfriend. (laughs) Which is like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks mm-hmm. for that little treat. Yep. So um, basically, they're still accommodating her. She orders the food. She's getting it for free. They're giving it to her for free. And then she goes over and, like, leans over the counter and starts uh, calling one of the the women, who I guess was the one she interacted with before, right. a uh, sand N-word. What? Yeah. And, like, started dropping the racial slurs and saying that she was going to nuke them from the planet Mars. And that oh. uh, she she threw she like tied in these nine eleven references, oh. which is just a classy move. And then she pants to another uncomfortable white guy. They're they're my favorite stars of this whole spectacle because <laughs> they're just like I don't I don't please I don't, don't point that at me. Right. And she's like I'm putting this on Facebook and I'm gonna put it on uh, YouTube and it's gonna get a million views. And uh, so basically. The internet got their hands on it, right? As the internet is want to do when you uh-huh. post your racist tirades there, and right. uh, it turns out she's like some like not a, a spokesperson, but like uh, she had done some sort of work, like video work for some like <laughs> uh, like Thai restaurant. Okay. And like they exposed her, they put like her full name. Oh man. On all these articles. Yikes. Which is, I mean, that's a little sketchy, right? And uh, now some dudes like try did like an Indiegogo to try and raise money for the people working at the Dunkin' Donuts to get some college fund. Yeah, why not, dude? Uh-oh. So I don't know. It's it's just like the vitriol of the internet has turned from <laughs> the uh, aforementioned Amy, who actually, if you're following her Facebook page, she put up a, a picture of her holding a picture of Battletoads. And it's saying, like, now serving Battletoads in rare, medium rare, and well done. Oh, my God. What? Is she just trolling, dude? No, I think it's just because people have been calling her. They're like, uh, do you have uh, baked <laughs> Battletoads? <laughs> well, did you hear her husband, like, was in de- deportation? What? No, I yeah. didn't hear that. 
No, her husband was talking to like an immigration lawyer because he was uh, being deported because apparently he's got a bunch of uh, he's like not allowed in like five different countries or something. Wow, including be- America? Be- no, America he's allowed in. We're the land oh, okay. of opportunity. But he uh, apparently, like, yeah, he's got all these like racketeering and, and straight up gangster related shit going why on. But he, why would they volunteer to go on Hell's Kitchen? This is what I'm wondering. Like, are they just trolling? Well, apparently not. If like he's going to get deported, well, this is all troll. speculation, though. Nothing is ever fact, right? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's weird. So uh, screw this lady. So can't say her name, but right. But there, there, and this is the thing. Like this lady, obviously, she's psycho. Mm -hmm. I still feel some kind of vitriolic passion toward Amy from Amy's Baking Company. I think it's just because her case was so fascinating, right? And and it it wrapped in the uh, attention of Gordon Ramsay. Like that's the thing about Gordon Ramsay too, is that. This is a guy who – have you ever seen the uncensored Hell's Kitchen clips? Uh, no. This, the the pure acid that spews out of his mouth in those yeah. things. You think those bleeps are you, – you have an idea in your mind of what those bleeps actually are. They're way off. <laughs> they are much worse than you could ever imagine. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've watched the uh, British version of Kitchen Nightmares, which uh-huh. is uncensored. It's, but yeah, it's true. I mean, he's got some real Amy-like quality to him. He does, but at the same time, to turn like that episode of—I <laughs> love that we're just talking about Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> uh, that episode of Kitchen Nightmares turned me into a Gordon Ramsay enthusiast. Right now, there's there's a restaurant up here on Greenwood that yeah, has his picture that was that was. That was featured in an episode of Kitchen Nightmares. I kind of want to go there now because I went there before he was there, and it was terrible and overpriced and took too long. I want to see what he did to the place. We should go. Yeah. Um, we should go dress as Gordon Ramsay. That would be hilarious. <laughs> and then just say, ooh, the, uh, the gyro is dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I bet they'd get a kick out of that. Uh, yeah, so wear I mean, a couple of chef's jackets. Amy's Baking Company was the moment where I started liking, honestly, where I started liking Gordon Ramsay. Right. Yeah. Like, it's also a, like Amy, Amy is in a position of power. Uh, right. People work for her. Their livelihood depends on her. And there's a certain responsibility that comes with being an employer. Absolutely. And uh, she basically. Uh, did everything that you're not supposed that you're supposed to not do as an employer in regards to taking advantage of your employees right it's it's just uh i think that's why it rung so true the people that come out of amy's they're gonna be the best goddamn employees you ever had (laughs) it's good to have your worst boss first yeah worst first every boss after that will feel like oh god you are a walk in the park Mm mm-hmm uh, anyway, I, I, Amy is just, I think, you're, I think exactly what you're saying. And also like, you're trying to go out, you're trying to have a nice dinner and Amy destroys your night and also charges you a hundred dollars and then fires somebody. It's and then all, yells at you. Yeah. It, they're all terrible. I'm just saying, these are all terrible people. I just don't know why I'm trying to uncover the fact as to why Amy, uh, instill such such animosity inside my soul. Well, I think it's probably because we've all had shitty bosses. Yeah. You know, it's just like 
ramped up to 11 with her. Right. Right. Um, all right. Let's move on to my, my second topic. So this time we're going to get back to games. Here we go. Finish him. This year's E3 was a huge E3, right? Uh, they should have um, called it E4. They, it was that big. It was huge. Um, uh, and not only because there were all these console announcements and all these people trying new stuff, um, which is really cool, um, but also because this is the first real year of E3 that I can remember in quite a while where two of the biggest titles talked about were brand new IPs. Right. So, um, first of all, uh, I want to talk about Destiny because that's kind of the one that's blowing up. Uh, Destiny is the next game from Bungie, which uh, which you know obviously made Halo, um, and uh, was the developer of that game. They broke away. Three Four Three Industries took over Halo Four, and Bungie went and started working on a new game. That Benji. game, Bungie, and that game turned into Destiny, which is. Well, like Halo in theme, it's a sci-fi uh, futuristic shooter uh, where you're fighting aliens. But um, there are also a lot of cool things about it. Like the game will, um, the game will keep playing while you're not playing it. You can go uh, to different worlds. There's there's a, a lot of the same elements of Halo, and I'm excited about it because guess what? I can play it on my new PS4. Yeah, that's that's the one title that I won't be able to play on my sweet new rig. Yeah. Whatever, uh, whatever PC people call it. Is Destiny not on PC? I don't think so. I think it's uh, a console game only. Well, uh, so I think that's really cool. I think Destiny, I'm really excited to see what Bungie does next. They're freeing themselves up from uh, from the world of Halo. And like I said, they announced Halo 5. I'm, I'm just not excited about Halo 5, dude. Um, I feel like Halo 4 just came out. Yeah, and like Halo 5 is, is the new thing, but... Uh, but Destiny is the new new. It's the new of the new. Um, and that's what I want to see. So Destiny is a game that I can play on my new PS4. A game that I can't play on my new PS4, which is arguably the second biggest title to be announced at E3, is Titanfall. Right. And I think I don't know anything about this. Okay. Well, I, I, watched a, I watched a couple things on it today. Um, the friend of the show, Abby Heppy, who is, who is one of our first guests ever is, is the, uh, is the community manager for respawn entertainment. Who's, who's doing Titanfall. Um, but Titanfall, I feel like nobody is, is kicking themselves more than respawn entertainment. This is a group of people who, uh, had a terrible falling out after creating modern warfare, which is arguably one of the biggest first-person shooter titles of all time, basically pulled Call of Duty out of a World War II shooter into the number one shooter available on the market by 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 pulling it into pulling it into modern times. The two guys who did that, um, they were keeping on. They were developing. They were they were going along, and Activision. Um, decided to kick them off. They weren't. They weren't excited about the direction they were going. They decided to kick them off the project. Um, so uh, the guys who developed Modern Warfare, they had a huge legal battle. They were trying to pull the Modern Warfare IP with them. It didn't happen. They started Respawn Entertainment. They were picked up by EA Partners, but they were able to develop the game on their own. 
And they were also able to just pull in a bunch of game developers who are really talented from a bunch of different areas and pull them in and bring this game together. So basically what, what Titanfall is, is Call of Duty set in the future with giant mechs. Um, and these mechs are uh, are not the mechs that you're used to getting in. You're used to going to a video game, getting in a giant mech and plodding around slowly shooting out rockets and getting pummeled by gunfire until you explode. Um, these mechs are like body responsive mechs. They're fast, but they're like, you know, six stories tall. And they, they basically act like a human in a first person shooter. Um, but they're, but they're gigantic and they shoot giant weapons and stuff. So you're basically playing between mechs and you're playing as pilots and you can run around the game um, and you can shoot up the mechs or you can jump in a mech and you can shoot uh, pilots with the mechs. But each group has their own uh, advantages and all of the gameplay looks really, really cool. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm really excited about, uh, about, this, uh, about this game. The problem, it's an Xbox exclusive. Oh, is it? Yes. So Titanfall, this is a group that uh, was on one of the biggest IPs of all time, Modern Warfare. They basically get unceremoniously kicked out of that IP. They they start their own company and then they tie themselves to a sinking ship in the Xbox One. Interesting. It's a rough, rough path for these guys. And well, that was a bad decision to go Xbox Xbox exclusive. I know, and it's a, it's a bummer because like I never played Call of Duty, but seeing all the screenshots from this, this could be a first person shooter that could be super super fun. Um, and I'm, I'm, Halo's the only FPS that I play, but um, this was one that I was most excited about and at the same time not going to really be able to play it. It is going to be ex- available for the 360 if I want to pick it up for that, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, so Titanfall, that's a huge title, um, and then Destiny is the other one. So ironically... I'll be able to play the Bungie game, right? <laughs> but I won't be able to play the uh, the Call of Duty clone. Well, uh, you better uh, better get that uh, Xbox One, bro. I know, man. See you on uh, see you on live. <laughs> uh, there's some other things that there's some other games that are really cool that I'm excited about coming out of E3. Um, one is uh, Infamous, so this is another franchise that's PlayStation exclusive. Infamous, uh, not Infamous 2, it's like the third one in the Infamous, but it's basically a reboot. Um, And the cool thing about this is that they showed actual gameplay footage. This is one thing that Destiny hasn't done quite yet, is show actual gameplay footage. And I don't understand why developers are so afraid of actual gameplay footage. Like, I don't want to see CGI cutscenes. I want to see what the game is actually going to play like. Well, that's not a good sign if they're reluctant to put that out. Yeah, it's weird. Um, the the guys at Penny Arcade, not for videos, but when you get like a, you know, a still frame that's mm-hmm. supposed to represent the game, but you can tell it's just a cut screen. Yeah, they call that a bull shot. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, just show me actual gameplay footage. I don't need to see a CGI trailer for a game. Um, uh, and so uh, Infamous, they put out a, a full like. 10 minute gameplay footage of the game. And the thing that makes me super excited about this is first of all, the graphics are beautiful. 
you're basically playing as this like elemental dude who's made out of fire. So he can shoot fireballs. He could turn into embers and go through a exhaust port. He can he can jump up in the air and come down and, and make an explosion. But the coolest thing about this is that this is set in a photorealistic Seattle in a dystopian future. So the whole gameplay footage that they showed was set in the Seattle Center. Um, so this like mega corporation has commandeered the Space Needle and they built all these extensions on it and there are flags hanging off it. It looks beautiful. But you're on the ground around the Space Needle and you look around and it's got the Pacific Science Center right there. And they did some kind of contract because they have the actual logo of the Pacific Science Center and mm-hmm. a one-to-one complete um, complete copy of the Pacific Science Center in the game. So, like, that whole area where you walk through and there's, like, the, you know, the courtyard where there's the pools and stuff and the yeah, dinosaur the statues, they're all there. They're just dried out. And they have huh. the towers and everything. It, it's it's literally – and the graphics are beautiful. It's literally a one-to-one recreation of Seattle Center. They put that same detail into the city of Seattle. How can I not play this game? Right. I'm going to go up Fremont and see if I can find my apartment. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know it's never going to be that involved, though. I wish, dude. Well, I mean, they did that for Assassin's Creed. They did like a one-to-one recreation of Florence, Italy for Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, basically just Google Earth it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about that. So that's a PS4 exclusive. So jump on that. Um, uh, There's there's a couple other games. There's... um, uh, not the bureau, but uh, there's there's a game. um, It's it's based in in 1886. And it's basically like a... a, And you're not going to love this, but it's a steampunk with gear guns. Uh, right on. Lovecraftian, uh, Lovecraftian shooter game. So that looks kind of cool. Um, uh, and then, and then the other thing I want to talk about was Nintendo. Right. Nintendo kind of did an interesting thing here. So first of all, they're going to have Call of Duty Ghosts on on the Wii U. Uh, so it looks like they're trying to cater to more hardcore gamers in that respect. Um, they also announced Bayonetta two. Bayonetta was a was a pretty big title um, when it launched, and uh, and that looks to be a Wii U exclusive at this point. Um, so that's a that's a very adult oriented game on the Wii U. So that's it. And, and you know they launched with like the Zombie U game, um, but they also went back to the classics. So there's going to be a new Zelda game. There's going to be a new Mario game. There's going to be a new Donkey Kong game, and there's going to be a oh there's going to be a new Mario Kart game, and there's going to be a new Smash Brothers. So they're they're bringing the heat on their franchises, which is which yeah. is their strong suit, right? Um, some new characters for for Smash Brothers, Mega Man, huh? Mega Man, baby! You got Mega Man, you got the villager from uh, from uh, Harvest Moon. Is that right? Oh, is that what it's from? I was wondering no, what not, that's from. I don't know. Is it from Harvest Moon? Am I getting that wrong? Yes, I am. Oh, is it like Animal Crossing or something? Yeah, Animal Crossing. Dude, I've had too many Jolly Rogers. <laughs> Harvest Moon, isn't that that anime show? <laughs> no, Harvest Moon's a game. Okay. Uh, Sailor Moon. Sailor, whatever it is. It's something. <laughs> it's a villager from some guy. Which the internet is having a lot of fun with the villager character. <laughs> yeah. Because he's so cute and just vanilla. 
that uh, it's it's so funny to like to see him <laughs> the giant axe chopping down a tree killing somebody right. and then uh, and then also the trainer from uh, We Fit is also going to be a playable character in Smash That's bizarre. Brothers. Um, and but the thing I'm excited about Mario Kart, I love Mario Kart, and like we were talking about earlier, kart racers are really fun for me. Um, and th- the thing with Nintendo, and they did bring the heat this year. I mean, that's that's five franchises that are that are Nintendo staples are going to get new games on the Wii U this year or next year. Those are those are big games. That's that's a big announcement. The problem with Nintendo, it's like, dude, where where did we go wrong with Nintendo? When did we decide that 1996 was the last time we were going to develop IPs for Nintendo? Uh, I mean, the, the only thing they were short of announcing was a new Star Fox game. Right. Um, I just want to see some new shit out of Nintendo. Mm. It's it's kind of weird, you know. Disney is a Disney is a uh, is a property that has been able to reinvent itself over the years, and now we're in the Pixar generation of Disney. Um, but you still got Mickey Mouse. I mean, you can make new shit. Just you don't have to rely on the same old stuff. I think that's where Nintendo's downfall lies. Yeah, that's true. They have like the usual cast of characters, and it's kind of just mm-hmm. a new iteration of that. Yeah. When's the next Zelda? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. Maybe it's out there, and we just don't know it. I I hope so. I hope because th- I love the Nintendo. Uh, I like the Wii U concept. I like being able to have a. Uh, a cons or a uh, a controller with a screen in it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense for a lot of different games, um, which I've gone to at length before. Uh, but uh, I want to see some new IPs and make them fun and make them cool. But you mm-hmm. you have the opportunity here, Nintendo, to reinvent yourself. You don't have to keep uh, just churning out sequels to games that came out twenty years ago. Yeah, the thing is, though, I mean, there's only so many styles of games. Yeah. You know, you got your first person shooter, okay, Metroid. You got your platformer, okay, Mario. Yeah. You got your uh action RPG, okay, Zelda. I mean, they have you got another platformer, okay, Donkey Kong. Right. It's like they have you got your so racing many game, of you these got, IPs that yeah. there's like there's not enough styles of games. I mean, they kind of pigeonhole themselves cuz you got your racer and that's Mario Kart and you got your fighting yeah. game and that's that's Smash Bros. And that those titles are so valuable. They're going to sell money, or yeah. sell, they're going to sell money. That that's how valuable they are. They're literally they sell, sell money. I just I just really wish in Smash Brothers they were able to put James Bond in there from from uh, oh, Gold Knight sixty four, and it yeah. was Pierce Brosnan. That would be sick. That would Especially be super if it was like those sick. gross like wrap around the face, yeah, kind of graphics. <laughs> it's not James Bond. It's Gold Knight, right? Uh, so those are the big ones. Uh, the The last big game, um, and this is another Xbox 360 exclusive, was the uh, the Rise R Y S E, um, which is a uh, a Roman Empire game where you, it's it's a third person hack and slash uh, featuring a Roman soldier, and the, the graphics look pretty awesome. 
Um, but the gameplay is kind of in question because this is a game that started off as like a, a cool fighting hack and slash fighting game turned into a connect game where you like pretend uh, having a shield and a sword and swing around. That didn't really work. So then they reverted it back to a third person hack and slash. Uh, and from all the footage, it's kind of confusing because basically just a little button appears above each of the enemy's heads and it says X, Y, B or A on it. And you just hit that button and then a cool thing happens. Which that sounds super lame. Doesn't sound that exciting, but the graphics look cool, and I want to see more more games in the in that Roman genre. Because we know that the rise of the Roman Empire can be uh, attributed to individual soldiers going out into battle <laughs> willy nilly and uh, yeah, hacking know, and slashing, hacking and slashing. That's definitely the tactics they use to become the most powerful army on earth. Well, Jesse, it's not rise; it's R Y S E. Oh, it's, it's like asking you why right in the title. <laughs> so lots of cool games. I mean, this stuff is still developing, but E3 was big this year. Good year for E3. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we're going to we're gonna move on to our Facebook roundup. But before we do, we want to talk about baldmove.com. Guys, big shit. Big shit went down on Game of Thrones. You want to talk about it? You want to hear about it? Get what is your, get on get on the Night's Watch. They are getting every morsel of awesome shit. They're going to break it down. They're going to spin it up, and they're going to put it in your fucking ears. Listen to it. Uh, on the topic of Night's Watch. Yep. I was I got this new iPod Touch right, and I'm on the little podcast app, like subscribing to. Uh-huh. Uh, podcasts and i'm just looking through the like suggested ones like popular ones i'm i'm clicking through it's all the usual suspects it's like mark Marin, it's uh uh this american life and then it, it gets to tv and there's night's watch i'm like holy shit they're mm-hmm. doing all right well dude who who else would you want to hear about the crazy shit that's going on on game of thrones and from aaron and mad brew yeah exactly there's no one else okay she got that not Plus only do you accent. got that, but that I have indie been, accent. that indie accent. It's lovable. Uh, the other thing is you got uh, the Mad Men Happy Hour, which I've been listening to religiously because I love Mad Men. And the commentary that Jim and Aaron give that is awesome. Not to mention the Breaking Good Kickstarter is up. Go to kickstarter.com. Look for Breaking Good. It's up there. Uh, they're giving you lots of extra shit, and it's kind of turned into a giant bald move, Jim and Aaron Kickstarter. So please uh, send your support their way. Not only that, but we also have Up Yours Downstairs, which is covering Mr. Selfridges right now, which is Jeremy Piven's show on Masterpiece. Uh, you got the Because Show. You love the ladies. Listen to them. And, uh, and then we're on there as well. Baldmove.com is, is crazy. You need to be there. Uh, just sit down. Put on your headphones and kill 12 hours listening to that shit, and you'll have a great time. The end. The end. Baldmove.com, better than the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to... And how. And how. Uh, let's move on to uh, our Facebook roundup this week. Uh, each week we post on Facebook, ask you... What you want to hear us talk about on this show, uh, this week, lots of E3 and uh, and gaming action, so hopefully we covered all that for you. Uh, Corey Kershaw starts off the show. Uh, Corey Kershaw says, Super Smash Brothers engine using Disney characters. Jesse, what's your Disney character choice for this Super Smash Brothers Disney game? I don't, I never, what, I don't know Disney. Rafiki? Okay, that's a good choice. 
Okay. He's got the stick. He's got mystical powers. He can hover in the air. I like Rafiki. That's a good choice. I was going to go Lion King too, so now I gotta rework my rework my jive. But uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with one of the gargoyles from uh, from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm, I thought you were gonna say from um, the TV show Gargoyles. Oh yeah, never mind. I'm gonna go with gargoyles <laughs> from Gargoyles. That's that would be awesome. I hope that's on Disney Infinity. <laughs> Actually, just a Super Smash Brothers with all of the gargoyles from Gargoyles would be cool. Mm, or Gargoyles versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Samurai Pizza Cats. Yep, there you go. Um, Kenneth Brooks says, uh, anything, listening to your, uh, your new and archived podcast while driving my one-plus-hour commute has been great. Keep it up. Oh, and I say this knowing you're probably going to talk about the PS4 versus Microsoft battle. With an obvious winner. I think we covered that, Kenneth, but thank you for listening. Aaron Humphrey said, if you had access to a time machine, where slash when would you go? Got one trip, Jesse. Where are you going? Uh, I would just pick a time in the future and go there. Every, mm. Everything in the past sucked. <laughs> everything in the past was... I would just go to, like, 1996. That wasn't that bad. <laughs> really? That's what you want to do? Yeah. I think you'd go crazy. You'd be like, oh, there's no internet or cell phones. Yeah, dial-up would drive me batty. Everyone's talking about friends, and I already know what happens. Oh, man, that's true. That's rough. All right, I'll go to the 60s. But, like, middle 60s. <laughs> like, between the Kennedy assassinations. you got to get drafted. No. <laughs> It'll be full metal, Eric. I'm assuming I'm going and I'm not going to have an identity, so I can't be no, drafted. Back then, they just drove around neighborhoods with nets, like in, uh, mm -hmm. like in uh, I want to say Land Before Time, but that's not it. The one where <laughs> the monkeys kill everyone. Planet of the Apes? Planet of the Apes Before Time. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I, I'd go to the 60s. Let's mad men this shit up. I want to drink at work. Jacob Jones Martinez says, I want to nominate Bridgeport IPA for the PA beer hall of fame also i don't know much about bronies per se but my little pony has been a gateway drug to my daughter in the comics she loves watching it and reading the comics so it wasn't much of a jump to other comics and the writers know exactly what they're doing in the handful of comics i've read with her there's been references to star trek star wars indiana jones and lots of other cultural references it's really great for taking uh, for talking to her about friendship, loyalty, and doing the right thing. So I'm generally anti-brony, but it's worth a shot. Uh, I like it. Yeah, that's um, a good thing. Anything that involves getting uh, little girls into the nerd culture, right. I'm I'm pro. Because of I your daughter. Uh, I have a daughter. Right. Who. Russell Nisha. Russell Nisha will... We'll see. We'll see if she embraces nerd culture or not. Dude, she's going to be the nerdiest. We like, she's going to have Agricola completely down thing. by the time she's nine years old. And, uh, well, <clears throat> I just picked up Flashpoint Fire Rescue. You did? Yes. So, um, I, I'm thinking that's going to be a great intro game for her mm -hmm. to get her into gaming culture in general. Absolutely. Uh, and as for the nomination, Bridgeport IPA is definitely on my radar for the PA Beer Hall of Fame. It is my favorite IPA, but I don't know how you feel about it, Jesse. Uh yeah, I I definitely think that's PA Hall of Fame worthy. All right, well we'll we'll noodle on that, but I do want to induct one this week. Oh, so this is official, I think, and that's going to be Twilight Summer Ale. 
Yeah, that's in. Twilight Summer Ale, hands down, uh, best summer ale uh, from one of the best breweries in the country, Deschutes, uh, constantly spitting out great, great ales. And Twilight Summer Ale is the culmination of that in a seasonal that is oft overlooked. Um, they have brought to us something that is really, really special. So Twilight Summer Ale, second inductee into the Personal Arrogance Beer Hall of Fame. Right on. Uh, Sam Gullah Hamadi says, since Man of Steel is being released, what are your expectations? And more importantly, if you could choose any comic or sci-fi series to be rebooted to the big screen, what would you choose? This can include a series as recent as the recent reboot of Spider-Man. I'm really excited for Man of Steel. Uh, I'm I'm just, I'm really, I'm through the roof on this movie. I'm really excited to see it. Um, and Jesse, I hope you get to see it in the theater. Yeah, it's unlikely. Unlikely, but... Uh, I'm very excited. So what's your reboot, Jesse? Aliens or Alien. But that's I, sort I want of more alien movies. Oh yeah. Comic or sci fi series. Well what about Prometheus though? I, I don't really, Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was that was exactly that. Yeah. Well still, give me more. So get, just just reboot aliens in general. Not just uh not not do a prequel, just reboot the whole thing. Yeah, I could, cool I could do it. Well, I mean, they were so good. That's a tough question. Maybe not. I mean, I don't want... Aliens is sacred ground for me. I got to go with Predator. All right. Yeah, I, well, and I think they kind of tried that with Predators. I wasn't sure where that fit in the canon, but... Um, I actually haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah, I'm going to choose Green Lantern. I just want a good Green Lantern movie. Mm, good answer. Reboot that shit and make, and make the Justice League good. What if you rebooted Star Wars, but like... A remake. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Well, I mean, that's what J.J. Abrams did with Star Trek. He basically just rebooted the yeah. franchise, but by breaking Shining it the off. Poof is Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be Luke? Uh, probably uh, Chris Hemsworth. Okay. <laughs> I know you know who that is. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Mark Gittin says, uh, PS4 launch. We talked about it, Mark. Thanks for listening. Joe Green says, do you guys think the online lynching of the X-Bone, which I think is a great... It's so funny that like Xbox One abbreviates the X-Bone. Yeah, I'm glad um, that that... Because it, it was kind of a boner move. Yeah. Will have any real long-term consequences for the console? I think it will. It swayed I one think guy. So I I'm think... Not- well, I think you're going to gut your core demographic of gamers out of it. And I actually think this will have a huge detrimental effect on online gaming on Xbox Live Gold. Now the people who are going to be playing it are going to be just the little kids. Mm-hmm. There's already a ton of little kids playing Halo. Yep. And uh, there's like there's the standout, you know, actual adults who are still trying to play it correctly, but now it's just going to be it's just going to be a nanny. That's it, man. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna have a huge impact. Like you said, I'm the guy. I'm the Xbox guy, and I'm done with it. The end. Um, uh, Mike Hasina says, uh, "Who would win in a drunken bar fight between you two? I think we've had this question before. Yeah, Eric would win. Well, I so I got a good twenty pounds on you at least." So, and I got the height advantage. So, mm-hmm. we're not in the same weight class. No, it would be an unfair fight. It would be an unfair fight, but at the same time, you got the scrappiness, dude. 
I know, but the scrap factor only goes so far. Yeah, I mean, Josh Perigo, our, our great main correspondent, says Eric has the height and reach, reach advantage, but if Jesse, if it's Jesse's bar, then he has the bar advantage. <laughs> oh, I hadn't considered this. That's true. It depends on the environment. Locale. I'll, yeah, and if it's a brew pub, I know where to find the good equipment. Right. I can retreat into the brewery section <laughs> and come out with some better equipment, like some tri-clamp throwing stars, uh-huh. you know, some brewer's hose nunchuck. Yeah, then I'm done. Weapons involved, I'm done, dude. <laughs> like, I'm not weapon proficient, but I feel like just the weight class advantage would, would take you down. Yeah, if we were to square off, I don't think I would have much of a chance. You got you got the arm reach mm-hmm. on me. Yeah, like you, you'd be able to punch me a good two, three inches before I could punch you. But at the same time, dude, you're lifting kegs like a mofo. That's true. Maybe only so grapple. I feel like you might have the advantage in grapple, getting close. Yeah, and lift you, and then like as you're falling, you hit your head on something. Right. That's like my only. That's my only chance. But I'm not even confident in my ground game, so I'm. (laughs) I'm willing to concede this one to you. Well, I, the great thing about this, Jesse, is if there was ever never happen. yeah, if there was ever a beer brawl, it would quickly turn into a beer hug. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, Josh Perigo also just wants to uh, shout out for some Allagash love. I need to try Allagash. Apparently, apparently, it's the savior of all beers. It's good stuff. All right. That's it, guys. That's your Facebook roundup for this week. We want to let you know how you can get in touch with us. Please send us an email, personalergots at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. Follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook under Personal Arrogance. We're almost at 200 likes there, guys. So please, if you haven't liked us yet, get us to 200 by the next episode. By our 150th episode, 200 likes. That's worth it. Um, we're also on the Bald Move page, baldmove.com and Bald Move Facebook. We're everywhere, guys. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us. Uh, Jesse, what's your first reco? Let's call it a cast. Uh, I mentioned it before. Flashpoint Fire Rescue. It's God the damn first- it, dude. <laughs> I, I bought this game first, man. It's that should be first- my reco. It's the first uh, cooperative board game that I've ever purchased, actually. Mm. So um, I bought this. I got on Amazon Prime. It was like $26. It was yeah. in my house two days later. I played a game with Tasha today, and we had a lot of fun. We rescued eight victims before the house collapsed. Nice. And actually, I think after this podcast, I might uh, eat some chicken noodle soup and play again. Flashpoint Fire Rescue is great. It's also my first reco. It, 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 there's two versions of the game in the box. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even gotten past the first version, which is the simple version, because it's so much fun. It's fun. It's fast-paced. Yeah. You well, have, like, these, these those great comedic moments in mm-hmm. games where, like, the toilet keeps catching on fire. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what's going on in that toilet, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's cooperative. And what I like about it is the pacing. You can you can yeah. plow through a game in, like, half an hour, and there's this, like, nonstop action-packed, tons of explosions. Right. The, the house is being destroyed around you as you're trying to rescue victims, and for some reason, Jordy's going after the pets. Exactly. It's good times. Yeah, Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Plus, like you said, it's I, it's 26 to $28. Less than $30 for a board game, and you're going to get a lot of play out of this. I, right. This is I've a game... i played it like five games, and I played it for the first time on Saturday. Yeah, I think we played seven games over the whole weekend. <laughs> Like it's a great and it's fun every single time. And the first time we played, we won, but uh, but we lost more than we won. It's it, it can be a challenging game. 
Um, And and there's also a hard mode if you want to get there, too, Mm -hmm. on top of it. So Flashpoint Fire Rescue, I can't – this is a game that you have no reason not to own. Um, I'm talking to you, Crunchy, down in Australia. If you want to play a game with your kids – Oh, this is perfect for Crunchy. Perfect for Crunchy, dude. So Crunchy, please buy Flashpoint Fire Rescue for your children. Do it for the kids. Double (laughs) reco. Take the children. (laughs) All right, Jesse, what's your seco reco this week? Uh, my recommendation is the film Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. You were so kind as to uh, treat me to it on my bachelor party. I really enjoyed it. It's just a rip roaring action adventure Star Trek movie that I it, I loved every second of it. Yeah, it's great, dude. I really enjoyed it. Don't listen to Roger Dotsy; he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I love you, Roger. Uh, but yeah, they, I, I was very excited to take, and we saw it in full IMAX, which was. Eh, not as it was kind of weird it was a little weird because it's an old imax yeah the imax 3d is weird because it's so big that the glasses i feel are not correctly adjusted to the size right. of it yeah. so you get a I little got, bit of a I double got a little image. like nauseous yeah a couple of scenes i took the glasses off i'm really excited to watch it again like as a rental yeah. on my screen in yeah. 2d yeah it's a good movie, dude. I loved it. Uh, my second record this week is going to be a new podcast. It's brand new, so get it on the ground floor. It's Board Game University. It's done by Tom Vassell from the Dice Tower, um, which is the the board the, the definitive board game podcast. Uh, but the cool thing about this one is he interviews board game designers and publishers. So um, very cool. If you're like me and you're you're designing a board game, you're getting into it. Uh, this is the one to listen to because he talks to people who have designed and published board games in the past and tells them where to where to uh, you know what what to prepare for and how and how to get your game seen by publishers and all of this great knowledge um, for for those budding board game publishers. It's a great great podcast. The first two game uh, first two uh, 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 game designers that he interviews are. Uh, the guy who uh, who published one of your favorite games, Agricola, the guy who, who started Z-Man Games. Oh, you uh, what is his name? Ua Rosenberg. No, the guy who start. So that's the guy who designed it, but the guy who actually owns the publishing company for that uh, it starts with a Z. That's why it's called Z-Man Games. I can't oh, really? remember his name off the top of my head. And then the second one is the guy who uh, who owns Stronghold Games and who designed Blood Bowl Team Manager. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so he's bringing the I heat. Have to- you got to definitely going to have to listen to this. Yeah. So Board Game University, uh, you can get it on iTunes, and I'm really excited about this new podcast. Plus, each episode is 20 to 30 minutes long. So, um, Oh, nice. Digestible. Go- gobble those up. All right, Jesse, that's it for this week. You got anything else, man? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm satisfied. All right. Well, until next time, guys, thanks for all your feedback. Please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. I forgot to tell you that. And uh, and keep being a part of the show. Lister, we love you so much, whether your name's Roger, Josh, or JR, or anything else. We love you for listening. And uh, until next time, guys, wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.